0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the In Between Chats. I'm Kaidemal. I'm Meg. And we're so excited to finally welcome you to another episode. We know that it's been a while and we've taken a little break from the collective, but we're finally back and we're so excited to share with you everything that we've been working on the past few weeks. As you might know, for the past few weeks, we've been focusing on the theme, The Art of Storytelling. And as part of this, we were so excited to sit down and talk to Saina Fardaragi, an award-winning British Persian artist and filmmaker based in London. With short films such as Limerence, Waiting, and L'Observatoire, Saina takes everyday instances and turns them into moments of pure potential. We were so honored to be able to sit down with her and talk about her creative process Her upcoming work and so much more.
1: It's so intense that it's never. (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Saina was just telling us that she's finished with recording Kindred, was it?
2: Or about to. Oh, so yeah, we're about to jump into it. Um, But yeah, it's been a bit of a I guess it's been a bit crazy because with film it's kind of like I don't know at some point things just go wrong it's kind of like the classic deal with film <laughs> but we we've just kind of like gone into some financial like um setbacks but it's cool because tonight I'm going to be presenting to a festival and hopefully we get some grants so I'm going to do my best to charm them and we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> so what is kinder then could you tell me
2: um so Kindred, it's like a coming of age horror. Um, so, you know, me and Julian who wrote it, we came up with the idea because we just we were basically having a conversation about just growing up and he's graduating. Well, at the, at the time he was graduating high school. And for me, I was graduating uni and we we're both in that like weird transitional stage where you're like, OK, this is like the next point of adulthood for me. And we we're just like, oh, there's actually no films like out there that are actually scary and show the truth of, you know, growing up is actually fucking terrifying. Um, so we we're like, OK, why don't we just write something about it? So Kindred is basically about that. And it follows like a 17 year old girl. And she's like, I love my childhood. But actually, you know, she can't avoid her future. And it manifests in some creepy, weird stuff. <laughs> I don't want to reveal too much obviously I want to keep it of a surprise but um I can just say it's very much like Lady Bird meets Black Swan but like a very tight relationship with the mother which is like the spice added back into
0: it <laughs> I honestly I really like I'm loving like the blending of genres because when I think about it like being 17 16 17 like that was actually such a that was probably the darkest time in my life like being a teenager is hard like I'm yeah. a lot happier now so I, really, I like the fact that you're kind of bringing the darker elements out of it
2: oh thank you yeah I hope I mean I hope like loads of people can see themselves in it because I mean it's freaky when we were writing it um I had so many friends reach out and they're like I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I was like girl me neither let's just go through it and mm-hmm. see what happens so Um, yeah I hope like obviously you guys resonate when it comes out and hopefully it does well I mean
1: I'm already resonating like (laughs) so many conversations about like because I think I don't know about you but like we graduated um like it was the right at the beginning of COVID basically like in the March of our final year and I don't think we had any I don't know if we would have had prep to prepare us for the like world beyond university but like that like lack of preparation and covid it was so disorientating Mm -hmm. um and yeah still I just feel like maybe life is just working out how to live after university in a way or at least for a couple of years yeah
2: no definitely I feel like you know what it is like a lot of times I think just media but also I mean not to go like we live in a society but like you know like (laughs) society is kind of like it's the norm that you're you're supposed to know what you're doing by the time you turn 18/20, but like actually the 20s are the start of your life. Mm. And I think, you know, when you graduate, you know, you're like, "Oh, okay, I don't know what I'm doing." But it all like it will just comes into place to be honest. I mean, we wrote the, the time that Kendrick came about was literally for me the minute I graduated. I was literally calling my mom like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Like what cuz they don't teach you that at all. Um so, yeah, it's I don't know, it's weird, but hopefully it kind of gives a bit of comfort to people and obviously whoever's listening like don't worry you're fine time isn't mm-hmm. running out you're good <laughs> yeah and I, think I don't, I don't know.
1: know I wonder if now there's a wider conversation about that because mm-hmm. it is I think probably in most if not all of our conversations the in between chats like this like feeling of the way that your 20s is laid out to you has come up like in one of them they called our 20s like the ghetto years or whatever and then like after that is like when you start to live and I just oh it was that was hilarious but also yeah these girls were like yeah you know what 20s we're just going to be like finding our way and our 30s is our time when we can start to like crystallize everything but um yeah I love that it's like a, ho- a horror film because well. <laughs> it is like it's so <laughs> and I like that about the stuff that you do because um you know I, I was I was re-watching um oh gosh I can't really pronounce things in French but <laughs> I love it no, god yeah. oh god I need I need, I need... So I'm going red now I'm getting myself in a fluster <laughs>
2: observatory yes no I love
1: it go. oh, Honestly. yeah and look. <laughs> You know, and I haven't watched Moonrise Kingdom, and I will remedy this after this conversation. But I just love that you know, at the end of it, it says "Go and observe," and that seems like at the root of all of your films. It's like you pick something that seems quite like abstract, but then it makes sense in the film and like the way that you explore it through, like I don't know. I think you use a lot of like silence in your films, and you know, like the backdrop and the like the scene like the settings and the scenes and the way that you use your actors as kind of objects as much as they are people like really explores those seemingly like mundane themes in like a really nuanced way
2: Mm -hmm. well thank you so much (laughs) I don't know what to say like that's that's really sweet I mean like what I'm trying to do with everything that I you know make is kind of highlight something that we all kind of go through whether it's something very subtle or something. White, I don't know like common felt and just kind of make everyone connected like I don't know if you you probably had this at some point but you know you go out one day and you like bump into a stranger and then I don't know you have like you share something in common or you have like the most like weird conversation and then something just clicks in your head where you're like oh you know what we're all actually pretty similar like that's kind of crazy like maybe mm-hmm. I'm not the main character which kind of sucks but like <laughs> you know what I mean like we're all kind of very similar <laughs> and that's the sort of feeling I want with my films like if I have an audience come in and watch something I want them to come out of it being like you know what we're actually pretty alike in the way we've grown up or the way we see the world and I hope like obviously Lobs and also like Waiting and hopefully Kindred do the same sort of job
1: yeah I I was thinking about that when um watching Waiting I think that Mm. it really felt like you know when you're just like walking like your headphones in just daydreaming about like I don't know just random things like interactions with like someone you want to shag or something and um, like those conversations that you have it feels like that like those secret worlds that you retreat into when you're building something fictional in your head mm. but I like that it was like drawn into something that was really palpable yeah. um, in the film
0: um for me like I don't know if it's intentional or anything but like with with the short films that you've released like every time I would watch one the kind of like, not overarching theme, but the one thing that I would kind of feel was that you'd pick, like like Mike said, you know, these very abstract things, whether it's like waiting or limerence or just the simple act of people watching. And it's kind of like these moments that kind of look like stagnation, you know, where you're, when you're just kind of waiting for something, you're in between two things, or when you're really obsessing over somebody and you just can't get them out of your head. And it's, it is kind of like perceived as stagnation, in your films you just turn them into moments of pure potential and I love that so much oh,
2: thank you oh my god
0: and I feel like that that was a theme that I really like had to like deal with over a I think everybody has to deal with it in lockdown you know like the sense yeah. of stagnation but it can be turned into so much more you know
2: yeah I yeah it was like during lockdown it was very difficult I mean we made like obviously limerence during lockdown and that was that was such a pain because I wanted to release that for Valentine's Day but then mm. was like sorry gonna have to delay," mm. and I was like cool but you know it I, I tried so much to kind of like I guess turn whatever feelings that I was going through into something that hopefully other people were going through as well and just like make something out of it and I think I mean with waiting I kind of I kind of got lucky because obviously like my timing was just right to make sure like it provides comfort for people going into lockdown Mm -hmm. um but with like limerence it was it was something that I did research a little bit more and actually for that one it was quite funny because I actually like received around about 50 unsent love letters from just like random people which is crazy (laughs) so I was like oh okay cool so I definitely have to make this now (laughs) um yeah it was I don't know it was just like so you put a call out for people to send their unsent love letters (gasps) yeah it's <laughs> beautiful i have like a massive collection of just like things that i've never gone out there which is like adorable and i'm I'm surprised yeah. people actually like trust me to send me that like yeah i guess i'm like, a really comforting person but
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah it's I mean, was,
0: season, uh, you uh,
2: exactly <laughs> it's like i don't know it's the same process for lobs anyway like that one we um I mean, what I did was I just asked people like, oh, when you go out, what do you kind of like focus on or what do you notice in the people around you? And then that kind of served as an expo as well.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's good to get, I guess, like other people's sort of perspective of the world and then embed it into like yours and find a way to kind of like find something common felt. Um, mm. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I remember a friend once told me about It was Abby, actually, Meg. Um, She told me about her favorite word in the world. And I think she's got it tattooed, actually, and it was sonder. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's the, what what did it mean? The realization that everyone around you, like, has, How do I say? Like, is is also, like, living a life that is just as full and Mm. as expansive and as, like, yeah. riveting is yours in a way that that everybody's going through the same things and I always get that feeling like when I'm on public transportation I feel
1: yes definitely it's It's really disorienting isn't it like I mean it's amazing as well to like look at someone I think of this a lot about the way that you're perceived and Mm like yeah like you're facing someone on a train and they're looking at you and they're making all the judgments about who you are and your life and actually you you, you know in one of I think it was in L'observateur but i I think because I feel insecure about saying it in French accent, I just go full English English accent the <laughs> yeah. um, like that's what I really liked one of my favorite parts of that was um when like the narrator was judging the the music taste of the people based on their clothes and their like um yeah. personas that they, that she saw um. And, yeah, it's amazing, like, the stories that we invent for people and and how accurate they can be as well. And, like, how much those things do tell us about a person um, and also how they don't tell us anything at all.
2: Yeah, it's kind of, you know, what's crazy, like, when you actually eventually, like, speak to someone. So, you know, like, let's say you're, like, in a classroom and you, like, just start the class and then you obviously, like, have people there. And you kind of just always like exchange glances. And then eventually you get to that point where you kind of reflect when you first meet. It's so jarring when like you hear what they thought of you or what they perceived. of you're like, what the hell? Like, is that what I give off? Mm. It's it's really weird. It's like, oh, okay. What I do is actually reflected back to me as well. (laughs) I find that crazy. Yeah,
0: no, I don't like the fact that other people perceive me differently than how I perceive myself. It drives me crazy sometimes yeah
1: it's really weird isn't it and yeah. when I was in London recently like I found you know I'd be walking around and I got used to how anonymous you are in London but then sometimes someone would actually look at you in the face and it would feel so yeah. oh like I'd hate it like it would like a sort of shiver down my spine I'm like don't see me <laughs> <laughs> unless I was feeling completely feeling myself that day and like yeah you
0: know, yeah I, oh, like
2: okay.
0: means- <laughs> I am the main character
1: <laughs>
2: yeah no that is like I don't know what it is actually I think that happens a lot in London as well which is it's weird because you expect that to be like kind of chill in like a big city but you do have a lot of people staring you down you're like okay
1: hey how you doing
2: (laughs) nice to meet you no I have a I've had a couple weird moments in London actually I think when was it oh it was like near um the BFI I don't know if you guys went or like go into but um Basically, I was, like, stood outside for – I don't know what screening it was, but I had someone just, like, staring at me, and I was like, girl, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and then they were like, hey, yeah, like, I follow you on Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay, hey. <laughs> Twitter
1: famous.
2: <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. That's crazy. I no, I – you know what it is? I find, like – I mean – I I don't see myself as someone like big anyway, but the concept of like fame is so terrifying to me. I don't know how like famous people or like actors or anything do that. Cause imagine having that like your entire life. I no, no, thank you. You're just
0: always, always, always being perceived and judged. I had
1: weird. that recently, not me, not me individually, but my boyfriend's friends mm-hmm. are like quite big in like the mountain biking um sphere and I met them for the first time but I had this like complete weird out-of-body experience where like I (laughs) felt like I knew them already because I followed them on Instagram which is such a stupid thing to do um and then like I met them and like you know they were just like a normal person but I was like but I know like what shoes you put on this morning and like all that you've got this new package in the post like three hours ago and it's like social media is so old for like constructing these alternate realities for people
2: yeah, definitely. It's weird. I mean, what is that word? Like parasocial relationships where you're like, mm-hmm. I I know you, but I don't. Mm. <laughs> and it is, it's very odd. I mean, like, I think being incredibly online and obviously having, you know, the ability to share everything online, it's great, but it also kind of creates this like weird, I don't know, like not a barrier, but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's strange. Um, yeah, no, I've had that as well, to be honest. Like I, I would meet someone, I'm like, i <laughs> I follow you on IG <laughs> I know you <laughs> it is odd
1: <laughs> so odd with the collective at the moment like we're going to start It's a bit of a change of um change of direction but we're starting to structure it really differently now like we're going to be doing like a theme for a couple of months or maybe a month like however long the theme demands and our first theme is the art of storytelling so I would love if you'd be able to you must get this so much but like you know what is your trajectory from like you have an idea and like you decide to run with that idea then like what is your process then where you like maybe write a script and then find um actors and then start filming like what what is your process
2: um for me I think I mean I kind of work backwards which (laughs) it's not really like traditional but it's because I I Personally, I don't think I can write scripts very well and I'm more of a visual person. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, I have an idea or I have like a vision, like like a visual in my head. And normally that comes from like either like a magazine or a film that I've already watched. And there's this like one particular shot that I love. And I start kind of collecting more potential imagery pieces um and see how they kind of relate and then fit it into that particular like genre, the idea. And then I start to kind of like mesh a storyline to it that makes sense and like elevates the visuals. Cause to me, I mean what I love is obviously like fashion film and things that are much more visual forwards the narrative. So it's just kind of like the norm for me and it's the first kind of line of communication with the audience. So finding a way to elevate whatever the visual is, whether that's through writing or if it's through music I add that to it and then slowly outreach to like actors and then obviously shoot it and bring it to life but it always kind of starts from like an image and like right now I'm like next to my book like my bookcase and I've got so many um just like (laughs) just a weird like selection of like magazines they're like photography magazines fashion magazines and they all just like help me kind of churn out ideas um yeah that's kind of I guess that's how I work (laughs) but yeah with Kindred it's a bit different obviously now because I have a writer who's insane and amazing and I can't wait for you guys to see like the words he's written but yeah personally that's how I work
0: so for you it's it definitely starts off with the visual first and then everything else kind of just starts Mm -hmm. falling into place
2: yeah definitely I think I don't know I'm just maybe it comes because I mean for me I like started from a fine art route so that's just how it works for me whereas obviously like more traditional filmmaking is kind of like oh you write a script and then you do it that way but that's just that's just me
0: (laughs) um probably a cheesy question but when did you realize or when did you kind of make the decision that you wanted to be a filmmaker was it gradual or was it like a sudden realization of oh my god this is what I want to do
2: um I mean it was kind of gradual and then like something kind of like clicked um I think before I want to say before college which is in the UK so like when I was what like 16 before that I didn't really have any interest in film whatsoever I just kind of Mm. loved fine art and all of that and then my my uncle he's kind of like the driving creative force in my life so he would like always come around and just like with a bunch of DVDs and we just like watch films and I would never pay attention obviously but Mm -hmm. (laughs) he played um, Secret Life of Water Mitty*, which is I don't know if you guys have seen it but it's just like the weirdest film for someone to be like inspired by you're like really a Ben Stiller film like really clicked something but I don't know what it was I was like oh film's actually a really interesting medium and then I started watching behind the scenes of like how films were made and then I decided to take it up for college Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of you know a way to experiment it wasn't anything serious and then it sounds very cliche but I did watch La La Land and I was like mm. okay I love this I'm gonna give it a go <laughs> and yeah from then onwards I just kind of like went full force with it
0: mm. I mean La La Land is visually stunning unreal, yeah. unreal, unreal.
2: <laughs> it's beautiful yeah I think also the storyline of it to be honest is like oh I want to make films really bad and thrive and all of that and it's like huh yeah I think a lot of us want to do that
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I like the fact that it's a very like realistic mm-hmm. ending almost you know like they both get what they want out of their careers but they don't necessarily end up together
2: yeah definitely I think if it was like the perfect ending where they like got together it just wouldn't
1: yeah
2: it wouldn't have been as impactful as it you know it yeah
1: I, I have an unpopular opinion on this and I absolutely hated La La Land, I have to say. Oh no, what do you mean? <laughs> this, this is the thing, I have these like, extreme opinions and I can't remember why, but it was just, you know, that was a visceral reaction to watching that film. <laughs> I think because I loved uh, Moulin Rouge, like that was it, you know, for me as a kid, that was like my favorite film, made me cry every time, absolutely incredible. Um, And then I was like, finally, Alala La Land, sorry. So they and it just did not hit <laughs>
0: in the same way. <laughs> Nothing I brought my baggage that. to La,
1: La Land essentially.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just remember wow. crying the first time I ever saw it. I haven't seen it in ages, but I just remember crying after watching. Lodal.
2: Oh, I absolutely love
1: it! I haven't
2: seen it. I put, that my, put
1: that on my yeah, list. get it on there, and then you know. <laughs> You're going to be revising your opinion of Lala and this is going to be the next like crazy starting <laughs> point for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I need to see that. I mean, you know what's funny is actually like when, I don't know, as like a okay, somewhat film student slash filmmaker, it's like I have not seen enough films. You know, like the classics where everyone's like raving about, I just literally haven't seen it. And it's just, it's bad. I need to kind of get on that because i just like watch. A lot of fashion films are just, like, I don't know, like, mini films and not enough actual classics. You know, I actually watched, like, The Shining probably, like, two years ago, which is, like, shocking.
1: <laughs> See, I'm the same, though. Classics, I haven't really watched that much. But mm-hmm. how do I do you think that's that bad? I mean, yeah, well, mm-hmm. is that they saying? Like, classics for a reason, but... <laughs> you know we live in a time where there's so many amazing films and like yeah it's probably good to like have a grounding in them but I'm I yeah, not a fan of fashion film as well like it's just they just seem so much more I guess because they tend to be shorter as well yeah. but like it's it seems more of a craft that's probably a really blasphemous thing to say but oh, I love it <laughs> I mean like his is like
2: I think I don't know like fashion films they're much more like visually driven than narratives I think you're kind of like, I mean, narratives are still obviously great. It's just I think you're put in so many like boxes because of studios, execs, this, that. So that's what I kind of love about fashion films it's a little bit more like loose. Um, but it is funny when you're in a film school and someone's like, "Oh, have you watched this?" No, and they're like, "What is wrong with you?"
1: I kind oh of. I, I went to that. art school for one year and. I, I know those people who are like, I, mean, I think it was more like music. It was like, oh, my God, you don't listen to Johnny Cash? Oh, my yeah. God. All those boys who are just like, oh, my God. Yeah, Another one that. of these basic girls.
2: Never heard of it. Don't know what that is. Sorry. My bad. Uh,
0: <laughs> not as bad as a I'm not like other girls, girl. I do actually mm. have a confession to make. Oh. I watched Mamma Mama Mia for the first time this summer. What? yeah the I don't know it's how fun. but I missed out guys I missed out on a lot of pop culture as a kid I really don't know like like all the times when people like everybody my age was like introduced to these things I just missed it I don't know what happened I just missed the memo missed the train pass me well, by I'm,
2: I'm really glad that you have now <laughs> obviously you know <laughs> been subjected to absolute <laughs> euphoria it
0: is beautiful it is stunning <laughs> I get it I 100% get it now yeah
1: it's just joy, isn't it? I think we need more films. Like Paddington, you know, actually, Paddington 2 is my favourite talking favorite about Paddington. <laughs> well, it's because it's As the best one ever.
2: Honestly, I, I, yeah, I endorse this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's just, because I think Paddington 1, sorry, this is like, this is so bad. We have to cut this out of the podcast, but like Paddington 1. Okay, so Paddington meets, like, I don't know, he meets the family. They're kind of toxic. You know, they're not great. But then you know, someone gives him a chance in the family, and then you know, in the end he is he fits in and like everyone loves him. But then Paddington 2, everyone just loves him from the offset. And there's just so much love and there's no yeah. negativity apart from the person who's trying to kill him. But you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm not even kidding. I cried so much from Paddington 2. I don't know what it is. I love him, adore him, like ugh. Didn't he? Okay, what is it? Susan Kane. I think they're like they're kind of like beefing because like they're both like ninety nine or like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think beat <laughs> it and then <laughs> beat it. Yeah, a good word beat it mm-hmm. and then Citizen Kane went back on top, which is like ridiculous. So any Rotten Tomatoes listening, please. <laughs> Uh,
0: there's a guy on Twitter who keeps um, like photoshopping Paddington Bear into like every I saw that. Like, classic I that. shot of every film. Was, it's
1: hilarious. It's like stating, doing hair. a hard stare. <laughs> I, I was in a cafe with my friend in Hackney like last year or something, and Ben Wishaw was there, the voice of Paddington Bear. And Ooh, I couldn't, I was so like in a fluster, and I was like, oh my God, Bella, it's, 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 I couldn't remember his name. It's Paddington Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a sketch at the time, and I was and I was oh. looking back the other day in my sketchbook, and it's like I met Paddington Bear. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Did you got No, he didn't. Just looks. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna be one of those, you know. I just I'm gonna let him live. I'm gonna let him have his coffee in peace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Because <laughs> you know, I am grown up enough to know he's not actually Paddington Bear. And if Paddington Bear was there, I wouldn't have any problem just going over and saying hello, Paddington. Bear. Good day. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> Good
2: day. <laughs> love that that's so sweet
0: perhaps oh under the influence of mushrooms Matt hello Paddington <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Dear, oh dear. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what I did want to ask you actually um that you know obviously that you you sorry what am I saying <laughs> <laughs> That's that time kind to of talk. I'm a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, that you make films in both French and English. And yeah. as someone who is sadly monolinguistic, um, <laughs> I find it so interesting how like different languages tell stories in different ways. I think one a big example of that recently has been Squid Game, hasn't it? With all the criticism of the dubbing, that it's just lose, it's lost all its nuance and kind of greatness through the dubbing. But um, like how do you choose which language to use in your filmmaking and what do the different languages offer for you?
2: Mm. Um, I think based, I mean, so for like Loves of like based on like context, actually, I mean, that was, that was more of like a stylistic choice because it was, you know, um, an homage to Wes. And I think, you know, his background, like a lot of his influences are French influences, but also there was like, an element of inspiration from Amelie so for that it was you know very stylistic and also French is a beautiful language like I don't care it's just really nice I mm. try and I try and learn it but it literally goes in one ear and then out the other but Dude. I can do like a pretty good like <laughs> French accent which I will not subject you guys to but <laughs> please
0: up- <she's> like- <laughs>
2: Uh, but my next film I used to say Letters from Greece like it was a (laughs) it was like a very like small like a very small (laughs) video (laughs) but I don't know I find like um different languages obviously like so beautiful and I would like to explore more of it in the future but yeah I think I don't know Lobs was probably like the only one well will be the only one for the time being unless I do like a fashion film that's like based somewhere else which by default, I would want to explore the language there.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Does your name have a meaning? (laughs) Sorry,
2: a bit random. Yeah, so my name in Persian means Phoenix, which I love.
0: (gasps) Stop!
2: Yeah, so when I was watching Harry Potter, I was like, that's me right there. No,
0: <laughs> book number
2: <laughs> book number four is all about me. Is it four? No, it, it's not four. literally, like I have like triple Aries as well in me, so I feel like that's kind of like an homage. Yeah, oh, l- literally. Like,
0: okay, okay,
2: because okay. What
0: okay. Pretty, you know? <laughs> that's crazy. I really like. I, I think especially with like now that autumn is upon us and like all the leaves are just like red and orange. And Meg was telling me how autumn awesome is scene is like wild woman season. Cause it's like the season of like great transformation and just this very fiery energy. I can't get this image of like a Phoenix out of my head. That's, that's a really pretty name.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool. It's like, it is a bit frustrating because obviously like when you live somewhere that obviously isn't like Tehran like, you know, it's not the default name. It's quite a different name. You, you are given a lot of like, miss misspellings or like miss like what is it Pronunciations. Like just say wrong. yeah mispronunciations yeah um but it's slowly changing which is nice I mean sometimes people call me Sai, which I like is oh. sweet but yeah I quite like that <laughs> what,
0: what is the proper pronunciation of your name just to make sure we got it right <laughs>
2: <laughs> um it's Sina so yeah Sina Barduragi. yeah, yeah wait have you guys heard about so there's an article recently that was saying the moon is like drifting away from the earth like gravitation like the gravitational pull is like decreasing what? and i'm like what does that mean for us because the tides are going to be different we're going to be acting different probably sure. i don't know I'm- so what it's going to start like
0: at some point will it stop orbiting earth like it'll just gravitate away away and then what
2: what yeah, I was just saying that the gravitational pull has become, like, significantly, like, less, like, strong. So it's just, like, slowly drifting. I don't know where that, like, I don't know slowly how drifting.
1: that's... that's really I- I don't know this. That that's terrifies me. I, I don't want to know.
2: <laughs> it's quite, yeah, it was pretty weird. But let's go sleeping problems. <laughs> <Woo>. Yeah. <laughs> I let's get honestly,
0: um. don't judge me, but I think one of my favorite films that I've ever seen is Interstellar.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: It's beautiful. It's so visually stunning, first of all. And second of all, it really like it made me like a physics geek for like three months. Like for three months, I was just on YouTube every single day, like watching videos about black holes and quantum mechanics and the nature of reality.
2: Oh my god, I love no. Honestly, like if I had it my way, I'd be an astrophysicist. Like
0: I would say this, if I was good at math then yeah but that's a big if that's a really big if
1: (laughs) (laughs) you guys are so odd.
0: (laughs) what meg you have to i'm gonna send you a video on the double slit experiment this experiment will change your life (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm not kidding okay particles of light behave differently if they're being observed than when they're not being observed what does that tell you about reality? That a tiny little particle, photon of light, knows when it's being observed and acts in accordance with that.
2: That's part two of Lobs
0: of Hey, <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it. Okay, Christopher Nolan on the on the screenplay, maybe. Oh
2: my god. He's literally like an insane person. I don't know how he comes up with half the shit he comes up with like his his wait not his cousin his brother's an assassin did you know that his i thought his brother wrote screenplays i think he has two brothers or maybe it's a cousin i don't know but one of his like relatives is an assassin and i'm like what like for for an agency or like just like yeah? how is this common knowledge (laughs) yeah (laughs) That I can't tell you because this thing is being recorded and I don't know who might be listening. What
0: are your sources, Saina? Tell us.
2: I can't tell you. I have oh, what's that red dot over there? Hmm. <laughs> <She>
0: just disappears.
2: <laughs> I really hope I'm not making that up. I don't think so. I might be a Pisces, but I don't I don't think I make stuff up that much. No, I think <laughs> <laughs> oh, into that, but I think it's pretty true. I don't know, but He's an insane person. I don't know. I don't know how we can do this. <laughs> it's yeah,
0: no, like I like that he's always exploring like the idea of time. Like that's his central theme. I think that's yeah, like there's just so much you can do with it. If I was a filmmaker, I'd probably yeah, maybe time. We'll see. <laughs> yes, I don't know.
2: Wait, what's your favorite director's actually?
0: Oof. I am really I couldn't couldn't tell you. Like I'm not really very like film savvy as I like to be.
2: To
0: be honest, but maybe you could tell us.
2: Ooh, that was I like that. That was really that was a nice transition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for oh, damn it, okay. Uh, I think Wonkar Y is like a current fave. Um, because that man knows how to write. Like, I don't know. Like, he's just he's not down bad. He just writes like the most beautiful like. Limerency, you know what I mean, like romantic stuff, and I absolutely adore that. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I'm obsessed with Yorgos at the moment. Like, that man is—I don't. Directors are kind of fucked up. I don't know. They're very weird people, and I kind of love that. <laughs> so yeah, actually, Yorgos is a massive. By by Yorgos, by the way, I mean like Yorgos Lanthimos. Um He's like a massive inspiration for Kindred at the moment. Um, really. Yeah, I want, I don't want this film to be like, you know, like the classic, like jump scare horror. I want it to be like, kind of like weird where you're like, what was that? Like, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind yeah. of Like so. a psychological
0: horror. I I love those so much yeah. more than the, than the jump scares, like the cheap jump scares. This Like these types of things that really just get under your skin and stay there. That's I love true. that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Also, I mean, like <clears throat> the Swan vibes, you know?
0: Yeah. Sorry, what? black swan sort of vibes like yeah oh i like black swan i watched it a while ago but i really liked it. yeah that freaked me the fuck out but i, I also really i really like midsummer because really? of the fact that everything is so pretty and so visually aesthetic yes. and everything is so bright like everything happens during daylight so the yeah. fact that they're able to creep you out so much when you right. have all these beautiful colors and these like a skill and the writing and-
2: yeah, definitely. I think that juxtaposition is like so sick. I think they mm. wanted to use, you know, you know the white screen bars. They're always black. They wanted to actually use white, but I think they couldn't. Really? Mm. Yeah, they couldn't like get it done with obviously like theaters. But yeah, yeah it's a yeah. cool, like stunning cinematography sort of like film, and mm. yeah, I like the little cool effects as well when they were like high. <laughs> cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Have you seen *Children of Men*?
2: I have not,
0: no. Watch it. It's, I think, one of my favorite films ever. It's really, really good.
2: I will put that on my list. Is it a horror?
0: Uh, Not a horror. More like post, not post-apocalyptic, but like...
2: Ooh.
0: Capitalism is kind of falling. World is ending. They got to find shelter, that type of thing. Okay. It's really good. I like it. <laughs> and it's with, like... The director is... Oh... He's Mexican and he's very pro-Palestine. That's what I remember oh, about him, but I can't remember
2: his name. Yes, yes. On. Oh, yeah. We'll give this a go. Looks really sick. And the
0: lead is beautiful, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This uh, yeah. Mega agrees. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think is the most like important part of the filmmaking process for you like you know we were talking before about well like when you said about uh, midsummer actually and like the sides of the what was yeah. it what do you say like it being white rather than black like it seems like such a subtle thing but it probably would change like the whole atmosphere of the film like yeah like maybe like what is like the thing that maybe normal people like us would think is quite insignificant in the film process but which is actually really um, fundamental to the way that we like perceive a film
2: um I think there's a few bits I think framing is really important because I don't know I've noticed like the way things are framed really show what's gonna happen next so like I remember I was watching like whiplash for the first time and there was like I don't know if you guys have seen it but there's like a I'm not gonna spoil it but there's a part where something happens and it's kind of like you're not supposed to expect it. But the way it was framed, I was like, something's going to happen right now, because there was that empty space behind him. I was like, there's something that's going to fill this. And I think that is so important. Because, you know, when you kind of have an understanding of that, you can kind of like really change the way an audience feels. And you can change how tense they feel. And it's something that I'm really trying to put into this film, because obviously, it's like creepy and weird. And it needs to communicate that 100%, especially if it's psychological. And I think color is so important. Oh my God, please get yourself a color grader because, I don't know, color theory, like, again, everything for me in terms of film is like in the visuals. So if that is weak, it it's not pushing the story as much as it should. And I think it's very important to kind of hone in on that. And I guess, I mean, sound also 100%. So- Yeah, there's so many like little elements but framing and color is like big for me so yeah
1: (laughs) i love Um, that
0: i remember like the way that i discovered you on twitter was um your video that went viral and it was like the one with the french song and it was like like a compilation of like all these all these shots with like (laughs) the back of the camera like a facing shot and I don't, like I'd, like, I'd always enjoyed movies every, and everything, but, like, after just seeing all those shots put together and, like, seeing how charged each of those moments were, I started watching a lot of videos where they, like, break down, like, the framing of, like, the camera yeah. and if it's up, if it's down, if it's to the side, if you have a lot of negative space or positive space. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's so much that goes into it. It's so cool.
2: Yeah, no, that is... Oh um, I love that. Edit. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of snapped with that, but <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah, you really yeah. did. You really did.
2: <laughs> it's so insane. Yeah, the way they kind of like frame things. I- Have you guys seen Drive? No. <laughs> Just, oh, that like that one's a really there's a really good um breakdown of like the scenes in there because the cinematographer literally said, okay, okay, like we are gonna position this here, so you're looking in that portion of the screen, but actually you're ignoring something that is about to happen next and it's just like so cool Mm -hmm. and you know I want to just like mention a really crazy story that's not related to this but the video you mentioned so (laughs) my roommate is actually my roommate because of that video her brother saw the video and then showed it to her and she was like oh that's sick and then she followed me and then fast forward like two years later I was like oh I'm looking for like a roommate and she was like hey I'm I'm moving in (laughs) it's so weird yeah she's looking at so like, serendipity that's so cool right films do you know film is about film and the friends we made along the way so
0: <laughs> put that in your bio yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh that has serendipitous as they say
1: mm. so yeah. what like like what is in the pipeline after this next release do you think for you? Oh like what God. would you like to do oh,
2: I, I mean I want to do more fashion films and I want to like get into music videos and stuff like that so knock on wood mm. manifesting um, but in terms of like narrative honestly I was speaking to Julian about this because he's you know we're doing Kindred together and we're just so in love with this narrative we literally both don't know what we're going to do next
0: mm. uh, so
2: <laughs> I mean we'll see what comes up in in terms of like themes in our lives and everything like that but fashion films are the way um mm. i actually rocked my first one and it should be coming out in a few months though so. actually you know a few, months, few
0: months
2: oh yeah look out for that
0: um i sound really ignorant right now but what exactly is a fashion film
2: <laughs> it's so i mean like the lines between fashion and film have become like kind of like advertising has become so like blurred at the moment which is which is what I love I think they're Mm. investing in film so much more so it's essentially like a three to four minute film that's just so visually forward and like so poetic um Mm. and it just it's made to promote obviously like the art and like the whole work behind you know the collection or whatever Mm. um and yeah so like it's become a lot more prominent and there are so many good fashion films out there that I absolutely adore but I mean, this one, the one that I'm making, is like, it's quite chill because obviously it's my first one and it's a lot more, it's like a sub collection. So it's not as like big, but it's still beautiful. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just to promote that and to show the process. And I think mm. yeah, there's some good ones out there.
0: Mm. I need to put you in the ad space. Okay, I'm definitely going to check some out.
2: Please do. They're Really good. Really, really good. I'm trying to think of any actually that I have off the top of my head, but I can't even think of any at the moment. But if you want music videos, I can think yeah,
0: of them. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you, know those, do you know the music video Territory by the Blades?
2: Ooh, no. territory. Watch by... it,
0: watch it, watch it. I'm going to send it to you right now. It's so good. Like it's, oh, it really just hits you in the gut. That's the best way I can describe it.
2: Oh, I would like that. Yeah, I think. But yeah,
0: tell me your recommendations, please. Mm.
2: um they change from time to time I think I was actually it was so weird I was talking about this this morning um so my favorite one I think because it okay there's two different ways I like one that's obviously like really beautiful and obviously one that's like just batshit crazy so the batshit one is my high by disclosure it's just oh amazing music so yeah if you watch it it's like
0: I mean I can imagine because the song is quite like
2: yeah no it's very like obviously like house music like do 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 but (laughs) that was like a terrible like (laughs) (laughs) disclosure watch your back um (laughs) it's very like I don't know it's just like a storyline sort of video and it's about this guy who's like gone to hospital and it's just he's so badly taken care of and the weirdest shit happens and it's just it's great give it a watch you'll love it I'll like put it in the chat and then the other one is Christian leave um oh my god what's 10 steps and it's I mean the song itself is really like sweet because it's about growing up again and having like 60 dreams in your head and don't know which one you want to take and you want to make your parents Mm -hmm. proud yada 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 but it's shot in the most beautiful way, and it's it's a snorri cam, which is basically a camera strapped to your like chest, and it faces mm-hmm. you. So like the entire thing is like filming him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I like that exactly movement. Like I love it. I love it. So looking. cute. So yeah, I will link you guys that now because I, I
0: love yeah. it. One final recommendation. Um, do you know the music video "Crumb" by Lockett? or is it Locket by Crumb? I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, it's isn't it with like a fish eye lens or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, and oh. they just mean that.
2: Honestly, yeah. I
0: don't know how they make them like that. It's so cool. It's so trippy.
2: I love. Yeah, honestly, I love fish eyes, and I love. There's one. So I worked with this. He's a fashion photographer and director, and he's oh my god, love him. He's my new inspiration. Um, so his name's Aiden Zamiri, and he did this one music video, and it, the song was about. I think it was like something about like <sighs> something in your mouth. I think it was like kissing people or like talking to people. And what he did was he shoved a, like a 360 camera in his mouth. So it's shot from his mouth, which is like really weird. What? The framing of it is like you can literally see his teeth and like through his yeah. mouth, you can see like people talking to him and he's going to a concert. It's, it's so weird. So but weird. I like it. Yeah, it's really sick. <laughs> i feel like you've got to see this (laughs) because meg i feel like you love that
0: (laughs) i can't even imagine it
2: it's weird but yeah actually you should give that a watch too but the other two are much better
0: thank you for all your lovely recommendations i'm excited to check it out and i think we're set for everything honestly yeah. thank you so much for giving us the time I know it took a lot to like make it happen we kept having to reschedule but I'm so glad we got to do it in the end Me too. I'm glad
2: I could have it honestly you guys are like oh it's such a joy <laughs> <laughs> oh no back. we're
0: so glad we're so glad we could put you at ease
2: yeah and no, it was such a pleasure and it just it feels like a nice little everyday chat you know Nice yeah. chat with it's so
1: lush for us as well because we get to be like hi we're the collective can we just chat <laughs> because you're amazing and like Aww. hopefully because our, our hope is to do like in-person events in the future and like yeah. really hope we'll be able to see at one of them or just whenever um in the future as well It'll be really cool to meet that.
2: yeah there's big things to come so is this See, I'm so smart. I'm about to lead this into a really good segue. So is this going to be available, like, on Apple Music or, like, Spotify or something?
0: <laughs> you know it, girl. Find out yeah. on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor. Oh, my God, I love it. Sponsored by nobody. But if anybody <laughs> oh wants to sponsor us, please help make it happen. Manifest it.
1: Manifest it.
0: Exactly. Take it into existence.
1: Maybe if I chat more about Paddington Bear, they might. Karma and I have had a short break this month, but we'll be back with the last of our podcast series on the theme of storytelling soon, before we launch our new theme, Art as Resistance. We'll be making a zine on this theme, so we'll be hosting workshops and looking out for submissions during the next few months. We will also be reading All About Love by Bell Hooks for our next book club, so look out for a sign-up sheet coming out soon.